worship together as one body and one spirit. Thank you, God, for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Yes, please be seated. Please be seated. So, I want to start asking a question to you this morning. Uh, what compels you to get up every morning? What is the reason of your existence? Right? What compels you to live here on earth? What is the compelling reason for you to keep on living here on earth? I want to ask that question to you. Right? Because we're starting a new series, The Gospel Plan. The Gospel Plan, we're starting this series from September till December. And I'm going to walk you through the four Gospels of the Bible. And today we're starting with Matthew. And what was the compelling reason for Matthew? For Matthew, the compelling reason was that he wanted to show and prove to the Jewish people that Jesus is the Messiah. Right? That was his compelling reason for his existence. So I'm going to ask you again, what is the compelling reason for your existence? Why do you get up every morning? What gives you strength to get up every morning? I want to start with a video, uh, a video clip on, on why this man go on this journey and do this work, why he had to do it. Let's roll the video. This is our staff. Rohit, Dixon, and Gison. We just came out of the school. The road is totally spoiled because of the rain, and we cannot even bring in the bike. Here, one drug is stuck and cannot get out of it. So the roadway here, the condition is too bad. Cannot reverse back and even cannot uh, go back. We are struggling to uh, take it out the truck over here. Uh, well, the situation is uh, very bad, especially the road condition. Till then, our mission cannot stop. We are coming into the slum every day, walking on foot. Yesterday, I just thought of going in with a bike, and I fall into a beach, <laughs> and I was totally wet, full of mud, and instead of going to the school, I went back home. Anyway, I continue to pray for us, even if the road uh, and the situation is uh, worsen every day, till then, I listen is gone. And God is still at work. And we are experiencing daily the presence of the Lord and the Spirit's uh, power and the Word in the life of uh, uh, so many people, people are thirsty and hungry for the Word of God. And uh, by God's grace, and through all of your prayer support, 
we are going to start the second Delhi Community Church within the slum this uh, Sunday afternoon, 5.30 to 7. Yes, yes. So every day, 45 minutes, right, in the monsoon season, they walk through this rope. And the slushy mud can come up to your ankle, to your knee. In summer, there is full of dust. When you walk through that, your feet are covered with dust and the heat. And my wife had walked through this road. We have planted a church in that area. And this will be our fourth Sunday that they're worshiping, right? So give glory to God. Look at this. We, we, we started with these kids. We started with these kids as a Sunday school project. Um, and uh, now we are adding, we started building this building. It's a very simple structure. This is how it looks like. And the church service is going to be held in this building. Why do people do that? It's a compelling reason for them to go and save that which are lost. For that pastor, this is the pastor. And we're not going to tell the name where it is. Because he mentioned to me that last week, there are people that have come to give him problems. So, I want to ask this question again. See, God gave one of the most complete, comprehensive plan that we will live eternally. Okay? And Matthew is giving a step-by-step directions with a spiritual street view from the Bible on the how to arrive to the destination. So the gospel plan series is the GPS series. I call it the GPS, right? right? You use your phone and Android and Siri. I turn it on, the car says, hey, Siri. Oh, I hope my phone is not there. Can I get a direction to that? And then it will give me a direction. Matthew gives step-by-step direction with a spiritual street view for you to arrive at your destination. So let's start. What are we starting with? Let's start in Matthew chapter 1. It was very clear that Matthew chapter 1 ended with what? He called his name Jesus. You will be called Jesus. What is the name of Jesus? What's the meaning? Jehovah's salvation. That's the purpose of Christ, that he comes to save the world. That includes you and I. Now, what is so interesting about how Matthew started this is, uh, it is no, it's not by accident that when he was writing mainly to the Jewish audience, they would understand the book of the law, in, which includes Genesis. Right? So in Genesis, what did he start with? Of course, the creation story is there, but in between, there is a genealogy. Genealogy of what? Genealogy of Noah linking to the first creation. Right? And then the flood and the genealogy is there to link the people uh, to the creation. And so, you read the genealogy this morning and you're thinking, why is Matthew starting with genealogy? He is starting to link Christ to David and David to Abraham, Abraham to Noah, and to the creation to say that Jesus was the intended original plan of God. 
There is a lot of strategic planning in how Matthew has structured to write this. Are you getting the point here? And not only that, in the genealogy, of course, started with Abraham. When you know Abraham, oh, they all know Abraham. They are the, the children of Abraham. But there are five women that are in there that are not Jewish. Five women. These are scandalous women there. These are women that have made mistakes. They are prostitutes, widows. You know, people who, uh, women that commit adultery. Well, why are they there? It's also the original intent of Matthew to let people know that the gospel was also for the Gentiles. He was establishing already that Christ is also the Savior of the Gentiles. Right? Now, it's also very interesting if you read that in the genealogy, there are three periods that Matthew has divided in 14 years. So from Abraham to King David, 14 generations. From King David to the exile, 14 generations. From the exile to the birth of Jesus, how many generations? 14 generations. Three periods of 14 generations. Why? You know, it's not so much about historical periods and the chronological order, but this is on the theological uh, focus that Matthew wants to give. What is that? That God is in control in every generation and history. You may be in exile in Babylon, but God is still in control. That's the point. And he ended with, and his name is Jesus. Who is in control? Jesus is in control. My question to you is, in your existential narratives, in your existential narratives, how are you linking your life purpose with the creation story? Right? I'm asking you this question again. Are you hearing me this morning? This is not a lecture or a, like sermon one-on-one. This is very important, right? How are you linking your existential narratives with the creation story? Very important. That should make you get up from the bed every morning. Why do you exist? Right? Start thinking about this. I will round it up at the end. So we are in chapter 1. So chapter 1 is done. See, boom. Gone. Right? Now, when you go, when you go to the second one, in second chapter, let's continue. Go straight. Right? That, that's what my GPS is saying. Uh, uh, the purpose of Jesus. So, the question to a Jew is, okay, is Jesus the son of the conquering, victorious King David? Or is Jesus the son of the suffering son of Joseph. See, you don't ask that. For a Jewish audience, they would be asking, okay, Jesus is from the line of David, so is he, con- is he victorious? Is he the conqueror's king? But in chapter 2, we are presented with Jesus who is going to suffer for all of us. This is the fulfillment of what the prophet has said in Isaiah 53. That he's going to be despised for our sins, for our sake. He's going, to, he's going to suffer. He's going to die for us. Right? And it's very interesting when you read this, how Matthew ended this. This is not by accident when you read what, did, what was the end of chapter 2. He will be called a Nazarene. Ringing bell, my friends. 
Is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? That's what people say. Oh, you're from Nazareth? What good will come out of Nazareth? You're a Nazarene. You're looked down upon. These are the marginalized people among the people. People look at them with disdain. And our Lord Jesus is going to be called the Nazarene. Why? Because he's going to be the suffering servant. For whom? For you and I. For you and I. Are you with me? See? Look at how Matthew is trying to live out his compelling reason for existence. That he wants to prove that Jesus is the Messiah. He is linking now with the prophets. In the beginning, the angels, of course, announcing that Christ is going to come. You know, angels speaking to Joseph, to Mary. I mean, this is a comprehensive plan. Right? Now, let me ask you a question. So, in your existence narrative, when you face adversity, and when people look down on you, when people avoid you, how do you respond to that? What did Matthew do? What did Christ do? Right? And this is, this is where I want to... Let's continue to stay in the middle, middle lane. Okay, don't swerve to the left or to the right here. Um, it's the affirmation. So not only did God send John the Baptist to prepare the way for Christ... And John the Baptist is preaching to the people, and he's saying, oh, the one that is going to come after me is going to baptize with the Spirit and fire. And then Jesus showed up. And then Jesus was baptized. And when he was baptized, then there was a voice from heaven, from God to say, this is my beloved son. My friends, there is only one affirmation that you need to seek if you have to. That's the affirmation from God. Are you hearing me? So, when you face adversity in your existential n- narrative, when you face adversity, you look for the affirmation from God. See? You look at your linkage on what, why you were created. And you link your life to the creation story. When you face challenges, you link to the affirmation of God that God called you To those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God, He gave them the right to become the child of God. That's the affirmation. That's your affirmation. And you say, what's the value of my existence here? Why do I exist? Where you are a child of God, you can impact change where you are. In your circle of influence. How do we do that, Pastor? Well, one way we can do is bind together to share the good news to others. We're not going to just spiritualize everything, right? So, what am I going to do with my wealth? What am I going to do with the wealth that God has given me? What am I going to do with the position that I have now? What am I going to do as a teacher? What am I going to do as a healthcare worker? What am I going to do as people that work in the tech? You name it, you add it, okay? All the jobs. What am I going to do? This is important. What are you going to do? 
Your life message is important when you face adversity, when you question your existence, when people question what you, question what you do, when you don't know what you're going to do with your job, where you are right now. Then you think about your life message. What is your, what is your message as a student? What's your message as a high school student, as a college student? What's your life message going to be? You got to align your message with the purpose of your existence and go at it consistently. Consistently. Go with that message consistently. You may have to package it a little different, a little differently as you meet different people in different contexts, but the message will not change. And for Christ, what is it? Oh, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. He doesn't change till the end. He died for it. He gave his life for it. What is the message of your existence, my friends? Have you thought about the message of your existence? Or the message that you're giving out even if you haven't thought about it? See, the gospel plan, very important. It speaks to us. It gives value to who we are. Are we good? Do we need a break? Do we need a bathroom break or something? No? Okay. Continue. Right? Uh, so, now, uh, when you come to Matthew 5, 6, 7, this is known as the Sermon on the Mount. Okay? Everyone, are you, have you heard of Sermon on the Mount? Yeah? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Beatitudes? Okay. <clears throat> So let me share something that you might not have heard about. Okay? And you can add to what you have heard about. Ready? Ready? Very exciting. So, the giving of the law, the recitation of the law, the instruction of the law, in the book, in the Torah. How did it happen? God came down at Mount Sinai and talked to whom? To Moses. Moses took the law and gave it to the people. And the people recited the law. The instructions of the law, right? Let's go there. This is very, very, very important. The coming of Christ and speaking at Mount, the Sermon on the Mount, is a, some sort of a reenactment of God giving the law at Mount Sinai. Jesus is on the mountain. What did he begin with? Blessed are those. Blessed are those. Blessed are those. Deuteronomy 28 is the blessings that are given to the people. You read the chapter 28. It's similar reenactment. Christ is coming. He's blessing in the new age, in the new history that Christ has come, right? And then what did he talk about? He talked about the law. You have heard that it was, you have heard that. But I say to you, you have heard that, but I say to you, you have heard that you shall not kill. 
But I tell you, do not curse your brothers. It's also the recitation of the law and the instruction of the laws are going on. This is not by accident. And then Christ at the end redefined the law. Right? Let me give you one example. Santa Clara First Baptist Church. Are you awake? Come on, give me a sign. Yes. Here. What is one essential thing that you need during the sacrifice that you cannot do without? Salt. In every sacrifice, you need to add salt to it. That's new to some of you. You haven't read that. Salt is not optional. You have to add salt in every sacrifice that was made. Read Leviticus. Right? One example. What did Christ say? You are the salt of the earth. You hearing me now? So what is that salt? What is that salt? Love. Love is the salt. Without love in Christ's age, you do anything without love, it is meaningless. Are you getting the point? Oh, this is super, super important. Super important. You cannot do anything. You are a sounding gong without the love. Without love, everything is meaningless. So at the end, what did Christ end? He had compassion on the multitudes, and he healed the sick. What? From where? Compelled out of love. So he redefined the law by love. Love God with all your heart. So, and, yeah, and then love your neighbors as yourself. On those two hangs all the law and the prophets. Do you get it now? Oh, super important. This is not by accident. You see? Wow. How did you know, pastor, these things? Right? The Holy Spirit is there to teach us on all these things. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes, yes, yes. So, all right. So now, now that is established, right? So let's go. Let's turn right. And now, in, so you do Matthew 6, 5, 6, 7, the teaching. And in Matthew 8, this is the public ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did he do? In the beginning when you, the lepers were healed, in chapter 8, the first Right? And the paralytic man is healed. Then he came to Peter's house. Mother-in-law is healed. Right? Then you come and you will see uh, 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 the uh, demon possessed. And uh, the demons went into the swine and they fell off the cliff. That's how it ended in chapter 8. What's the story, my friends? He said, even the storm can come because when he was coming the disciples were afraid of the storm and Christ calmed the storm who can this be my friends you are a followers of Christ let people ask you who can your lord be because you follow him we must have that caution come from other people through our living. That at a certain point of time, our friends have to ask us, why do you follow him? Why do you follow him? So, we are arriving at a destination very near. 
in Matthew chapter 9, again, you find uh, the paralytic man healed. You come down, Matthew is called to follow him, right? And then you come down there, he held the deaf, and a little girl was raised from the dead, right? And he said, uh, the harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. Matthew chapter 9. That's how he ended. But he had compassion and healed all of them. Do you have compassion toward your wife, your children, your friends? Do you have compassion? And we end with this witnessing for Jesus. So you can say, okay, pastor, but I cannot raise the dead. Okay. Uh, I cannot heal the blind. All right. I cannot make the mute talk. Okay, pastor, I can't calm the storm. Abby is there. Where is Abby? All right. So so her son is going to be affected by the hurricane. And so I said, pray that, you know, uh, it it will calm down. How about, uh, Abby, we pray that it will be diverted. Right? So we pray that it will be diverted. Oh, it's diverted. I say, Abby, oh, it's going the wrong route. Oh, can we, can we calm the storm? Right. So I say, no, we can't, we can't. Okay, then what can I do? Can somebody say, what can I do? Oh, thank you, Camille Carmen. You're the best. Yes, you're the best. What can you do? Apart from praying... Give a cold water in the name of a disciple. That's where he broke it down. Did you see that? In Matthew chapter 10, that's how it ended. He did all these big things. Sometimes we feel like, oh, to be a disciple of God is so enormous pressure, gigantic demand. No. Christ said, start with this. You give a cold water to one of these little ones in the name of disciple. That's where you start. What do you think? Is there anyone here sitting this morning that cannot hand out a cold water, a cup of cold water? Can we do that? That's where we start. Start with giving a cup of cold water and see where the Lord will lead you. Right? See where He will take you. That might just lead to miracle after miracle. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Matthew ten forty-two. I just did 10 chapters for you this morning. This is known as the preparation to present that Jesus is the Messiah. Okay? In Matthew. This is the preparation. Because I, there are 28 chapters, and I don't have 28 weeks. So, this is the first section. is the preparation to present so, as the Messiah. Next week, I'm going to speak on the presentation of the Messiah. On the third week, I'm going to present the propaganda that he is not the Messiah. He is the son of the devil that propaganda. And then I'll finish with the promise and the power that he indeed was the Messiah.
four series, right? Exciting ride. Yes. Don't turn off the GPS. You may end up at nowhere, right? But stay with God and you will never get it wrong. So give cup. Worship team, can we have the worship team? You can give cold water. See, look at these children. This is from this morning at the church that we planted somewhere in India. Okay? And they are... Why? Because we gave them a cup of cold water. Look at that. Isn't this beautiful? See? They're coming and worshiping. My 